Yo, what's up with the Warp Tour? Find out next on Jung Few. Yeah, welcome to Junk Food, the podcast about junk food, where we rate and review mystery treats to determine which one will be the undisputed champion of snacks. I'm your host, Mike. Alongside me, as always, Alyssa. Hey, Dad. Hey, bud. How do you put an elephant in a fridge? How do you put an elephant in a fridge? I don't know. How do you put an elephant in a fridge? You open the door, put him in, and close it. Oh. Now, how do you put a giraffe in the fridge? You open the door, put the giraffe in, and close the door. No. No, you open the door, not. take the elephant out, put the uh, giraffe in, then close the door. Sure, sure. Because the elephant was in there. So, okay. you're on a plane and you drop a brick from the plane. Got it? Okay. That's it. Okay. So now, <laughs> what? the animals are having a party. Who wasn't there? Well, the, uh, the giraffe is still in the fridge. Yeah, that, that's it. So now, there is a safari. What is going on here? And the guy... He's in the desert. There's a pond full of alligators. He has to cross the pond safely. There's no bridge or no way across, but he gets away safely. How? I uh, I have no idea. Well, he just he walked he walked on their heads. But that's not the point. He got to <laughs> yeah, the he, clearly. He got to the other side and he died. Why? I I don't know. I don't know what's going on here at all. Because the brick that fell out of the plane fell on his head. Is that the whole joke? Yes. Are you sure this time? Yes. Oh, boy. Well, oh, that was a long walk to get there, but that was a dad joke, a joke you tell to your dad. <laughs> if you'd like to submit a dad joke for Alyssa to tell me on the show, you can send it us. Oh, I am like exhausted by that joke. <laughs> you can send it in to us via Twitter at JunkFeudPod or via email to JunkFeudPod at gmail.com. And Liz. Yeah. Welcome back once again to the world's yeetest podcast. Yes. How's your day, bud? So today I went to school and we did some math and ELA and social studies. And all the school things that you do. Yeah. What'd you have for a snack today at school? Um. Well, all I really had was a bagel because that's all that mom packed me. So. Where did you get a bagel? From the bagel shop. Oh, that, well, that was nice. Yeah. You know, I've actually had a few good things lately that are new to me anyway, somewhat new. There were a couple of new varieties of Doritos that I found, Liz, if you can believe it. Ooh. Yeah, they were like the, uh, they're not the mainline Doritos, not like the mainline flavors that we expect from Frito-Lay. There was a tangy tamarind flavor. Did you try that one? No. That was pretty good. I like that. Tamarind is like a, like a fruit. There's tamarind soda that you can get in taco shops, the Jaritos Sotos. I have not heard of that one yet. Yeah, they're pretty good. The tangy tamarind was nice. It had a little bit of like almost a sour like citric acid kick to it. I could feel it in like just below my jowls, you know, like that that feeling that you get right here, like in the upper part of your throat. Do you remember? You're probably too young for this. There was an A1 Bold steak sauce commercial a long time ago. And there was a guy, people were talking about like how they liked the A1 Bold flavor. And there was a guy that went on the commercial and he said, A1 Bold, it gets you here. It gets you right here. And he would like pinch his throat and he had that weird New York kind of accent. Is that why you were talking like that in the beginning? No, we'll get to that in just a moment. But yeah, Tangy Tamarind, they were good. And then I had Zesty Ranch, I think it was. Ooh, I want to try that. Yeah, they were like, I guess it's supposed to be sort of like the Cool Ranch flavor, but more. I don't know. I didn't like them very much. I'm going to end up eating the whole bag, but they weren't as good as Cool Ranch. Like Cool Ranch has that really, really pronounced umami flavor to it. 
Hmm. It wasn't bad, but I don't think I'll get them again. Yeah. Well, I'll try them. Yeah, for sure. Hey, and you asked me why I did that weird accent at the top of the show in the cold open. Yeah. Liz, I did that because it's still January. January. January, our celebration of all things Wawa. And today, as promised on last week's episode, we are going to talk about the origin story for Wawa, the convenience store from the Northeast from the Philadelphia region. Well, let's get to it. Yeah, that reminds me of this week's snack list. Up next on Junk Feud, we are going to talk about a delicacy that you can only get at Wawa stores, Wawa Peach Iced Tea. Liz, what do you know about Wawa Peach Iced Tea? Well, I've never had it before. So... Let me ask you a more pointed question based on where we're going. What do you know about Wawa? Well, I know that Wawa like, is a store that originated, was it Philadelphia? Well, it's sort of like in the Philadelphia region, yeah. But now it's a chain store, like one of those chain food things. Yeah, that's right. Wawa is an East Coast convenience store chain, at least as of right now. It plans to expand and it operates currently in present day early 2023, in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and Alyssa, Florida, if you can believe it. I know. I know you can because you've been to a Wawa in Florida. Yeah. The one right around the corner from the Jacaranda Circle outside of Venice, Florida. Yes. And Wawa has, Liz, a cult following for reasons that aren't immediately clear. Uh, Do you know what a cult following is? No. Well, a cult following is a group of people that are, like, fanatical about a certain thing. It's not really a good thing uh, if you're talking about actual cults, like religious zealots that have cults where they get a whole bunch of people together to believe something that's usually kind of far-fetched or not true, and then they sort of act on those uh, beliefs in a way that gives them some menacing behaviors sometimes and alienates them from the rest of the people in their lives. That's like a real cult. A cult following When you're talking about a convenience store like Wawa, in this case means that, for example, people spend more at Wawa than other convenience store customers spend at other convenience stores. So like if you're going to a 7-Eleven, a normal convenience store customer is spending about $4 per trip. Wawa customers spend about $7 every time they go into a Wawa. So there's something to it. That's what we do. I mean, at 7-Eleven, we just, we don't really get anything. We just get like slushies. Yeah, that's true. I guess uh, mostly we're going into 7-Eleven to get Slurpees, and in Wawa we'll grab some milk or some chips or a hoagie or uh, some snacks for the show. Or some peach iced tea. Some peach iced tea like we're going to talk about today. I think when we went to get the beef jerky for the beef jerky episode last week, we probably spent like 25 bucks on beef jerky. Yeah, we got beef jerky, we got the peach iced tea, we got some like snacks. It was, Wawa's a fun place. It is, it's a fun place. And, uh, It has a fun name, too. The name Wawa derives from a place, actually. It's headquartered in Wawa, Pennsylvania, from whence it derives its name. Is there a Wawa in Wawa, Pennsylvania? You know what? Wawa, Pennsylvania is more like an unincorporated region across two counties. The original Wawa we're going to talk about today opened in a place called Folsom, Pennsylvania. But even before that, Alyssa, What is now Wawa started as a business interest proper in 1803. 1803. 1803. It wasn't a Wawa then. It was a a family that started an iron foundry. So they were like pulling iron ore out of the ground and smelting it down and turning it into tools or other things like that. Yeah. And then it became a textile manufacturing company. But 
what we know as Wawa today started in earnest by a guy named George Wood in 1890 when he moved from New Jersey to Delaware County in Pennsylvania, where he purchased a place called the Rocky Run Dairy Farm, and he renamed it for the parcel of land that it sat on, and it became the Wawa Dairy. That's a good idea. Yeah, it is a good idea. Like, remember when... uh when our friend that invented ranch dressing moved from Alaska to California and he bought that ranch and renamed it the Hidden Valley Ranch. Yeah. The same idea here. The Rocky Run Dairy Farm became the Wawa Dairy Farm. That's a good idea. Yeah, and this dairy itself marketed its products around food purity like so many of those other products we had talked about from the turn of the century. And in this case, the proprietor of the dairy got local doctors to come in and certify that the farm's milk was safe for consumption because around that time there were a lot of children that were getting sick from drinking unpasteurized or raw milk that wasn't very fit for their consumption. So what he was doing was he was getting doctors to come in and test his milk and say that it was pure and fit for consumption by people so that you wouldn't get sick by it. And that worked. A lot of people drank the milk from the Wawa dairy. That's good. At this point, Alyssa, if you recall... There were these people that were called milkmen. Do you know what a milkman is? No. Yeah, like (laughs) back previous to the 1960s, before the 1960s, if you wanted milk, you didn't go to a store and get milk. There was a guy who would bring milk to your house every day in little glass bottles, and he would bring the milk that you would need for that day, and you would tell him how much you wanted, and you'd pay him for his trips out to bring you milk from the local dairy. So before the 1960s, Milk was coming from the Wawa Dairy directly to home customers via home delivery by milkmen. But around the 1960s, uh, milkmen were phased out. People would start going to stores more to buy things that they needed. And on those trips, they would pick up their dairy products, their milk. So on April 16th, 1964, in a place called Folsom, Pennsylvania, George Wood's grandson Graham opened what would be the first Wawa store list, 1964. Congratulations, world's best cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations, world's first Wawa store. Uh, That store is not in operation anymore. It closed in 2016. There was a super Wawa that opened down the street, so they didn't need two Wawa stores in such close proximity. They did have, however, Liz, when that super Wawa opened, a parade from the old store to the new one. So that was kind of interesting. For those of you that do not know what the difference between Wawa and the super Wawa is, a super Wawa has bathrooms, um, gas pumps, and like more parking. Yeah, more parking spaces. In uh, 1996, Wawa started adding gas stations. So from the 60s until the 90s, every Wawa that you went into was just a convenience store that was selling Wawa dairy products and other foodstuffs and convenience items. But then in the 90s, uh, they started to add the gas stations. So like when people say, oh, Wawa, it's just a gas station. Well, until the 90s, it wasn't. It was just a convenience store. And uh, in fact, Liz, from George Wood to Graham Wood, many members of the Wood family are still active in the company. It is a privately owned family business. Really? Yeah, that's kind of interesting. That's good. Liz, we said uh, Wawa opened the first store in 1964. What else was going on in 1964? Um, 1964. Do you have any idea? No clue. It was before Bella was born. Uh, Yes, definitely 100% before Bella was born. Was Grandma alive? In 1964, yeah, for sure. That's something I know. So, you you know, Grandma was kicking around. Yeah. Here's some things that happened in 1964. For the first time ever, the United States Surgeon General said in public that smoking was hazardous to people's health. 
Wow. Yeah, so as early as the 1960s and probably before that, the United States government had the position that smoking was not good for you. People didn't know that before? Well, probably people knew it, but cigarettes were marketed for a long time as being good for people's health. Wow. Well, they weren't actually. The cigarette companies knew that they were bad for you, but uh, they said that they people liked the way that they tasted and liked the way that they made them feel, and so they marketed them as flavorful health products. Wow. Yeah, a bit of a lie, that, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't think they should have been doing that. Here's some other things that were going on in 1964. Beatlemania came to the United States of America. What's that? You know the Beatles, the band? Yeah. Beatlemania was the idea that the Beatles were so popular that they made people crazy. Oh. And when they appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show and sold some of their first albums in the United States, they were so popular that people were literally losing their minds at seeing and hearing them. That was Beatlemania. Wow. Cassius Clay beat Sonny Liston to win Boxing's World Heavyweight Championship, and then he changed his name to what? Ali. Muhammad Ali. That's right. Cassius Clay became Muhammad Ali. The greatest boxer of all time. Do you know who he is? No. He's the greatest boxer of all time. And in 1964, he won the Boxing World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, The New York World's Fair opened. Nelson Mandela was sentenced to life in prison. He got out. How? Well, eventually he was let out of prison. But I thought they said life. Yeah. Well, he was sentenced to life in prison by a uh, regime that was no longer in power by the time everyone realized that he was right about the things that he was talking about. Oh, Well, that makes sense then. Yeah, for sure. We talked about this a little bit, I think, a couple of weeks ago. The film Mary Poppins premiered, and you still have not seen Mary Poppins. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's not unbelievable. I mean, you're a child who likes Walt Disney movies. You've been to Disney World. You've seen and met Mary Poppins at Disney World, and you've never seen her movie. Dada. Yes, dear. I was in the car, and Adelia said that you and Mom were Disney millennials. Disney millennials. Interesting. Have you ever heard of that? I've not heard the term Disney millennials. I've heard the term Disney adults, which is a pejorative. It's not something that people say when they want to be nice about uh, adult men and women that like the Disney property. Oh, well, she called you. Do you know what a millennial is? I do, in fact, know what a millennial is. Okay, so that what year does that go from? Uh, I've heard roughly like 1980, 1981 to 2000-ish. Yeah, I think that's what she said. So, technically, you're a millennial. I've been told that I am a geriatric millennial. That's a a subdivision of millennials, sure. So, you can be called a Disney millennial because you like Disney. Oh, okay. Uh, Two more things from 1964, Alyssa. Martin Luther King Jr. won the Nobel Peace Prize. That was in 1964? When he won the Nobel Peace Prize, yes. Wow. And the prototype for the first Moog synthesizer was played for the first time. Still don't know what that is either. The Moog synthesizer is like uh, a sound machine, essentially. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Liz, we were talking about the opening of the Wawa convenience store in 1964. Wawa stores were part of the trend in convenience stores that were both open earlier and later than normal grocery stores. This is kind of where the idea of the 7-Eleven comes in. It was originally describing the hours of the store, open at 7 a.m., closed at 11 p.m., that kind of thing. Yeah. And the Wawa stores would sell items other than just milk from the dairy. So people liked the store itself, which had things that they wanted. The silly name, it's fun to say Wawa. Wawa. And the logo for the store that debuted in 1974, 10 years later, which was a Canada goose, Alyssa. Canada Goose. Canada Goose. Our friend Dana, friend of the show Dana, calls them Dirty Canadian Geese, but the real name is Canada Goose, not Canadian Goose, if you can believe it. 
Dirty Canadian geese. Dirty Canadian geese. That's right. They are, to some people, an invasive species in the United States of America. That seems like a better name. An invasive species yeah. for the Canada goose? No, the dirty Canadian geese. Dirty Canadian geese. Well, that's what I call them now because of her. That just seems like a better name for them. Liz, about the name Wawa itself, Wikipedia says that the name is derived from a native North American word for a snow goose, the Weiwei, which, if that was true, would mean that the logo is the wrong bird, Alyssa. Oh. Yeah, but the Wawa corporate website says that, in fact, Wawa, the way that they use it, is the local New Jersey Lenai-Lenape Indian word, or uh, in this case, Native American word, for the Canada goose on the logo which was found native to the Delaware Valley 100 years ago after it had come down from Canada. That's very cool. Yeah, I found a webpage for a thing called the Wawa Monument in a Canadian town of Wawa that says the word just means wild goose or land of the big goose. And there are the Wawa statue that's there, they say, is one of the most photographed landmarks in all of North America. Wow. It's made of steel and it's 28 feet tall, Liz. 28? Yeah, so like a Canada goose bigger than our house. That's funny. So here's a, a question that's related to the cold open today. Yeah. How do you pronounce the word Wawa? Wawa? Yeah, Wawa. That's how I say it. Wawa. 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 See, I say Wawa like Wawa, like a baby crying, like Wawa. You know what I think? Like what? when I think of Wawa, I think of like... Wawa, like water, water. Like right, a like baby a baby says water. water. Now, yeah. say the word water again, please. Water. Water. You say water, right? Yes. So if you were from Delaware County, where Wawa originated, you might say the word water like water. Mm-hmm. Because that's how people from southern New Jersey, South Jersey, Philadelphia, parts of Delaware, the Delaware Valley proper, say the word water. They say water. Water. Yeah, and some people down there in Delco also say Wawa, when they mean wawa, they say like wawa, like like the word saw, like saw saw, like wawa. Wawa. Yeah. Here's the thing. There is a very specific Philadelphia accent. It sounds a lot like a Baltimore accent or like a New Jersey accent, but it's not. It's distinct from those things. It is one of the most well-studied dialects in the world, actually. It is called in some cases, the Mid-Atlantic Regional Dialect. And the study of this accent was popularized, in academia anyway, by a professor named William Labov, who was a sociolinguist from the University of Pennsylvania. And recently, this the Philadelphia accent has been in popular culture, along with the Wawa store itself on an HBO show called The Mayor of Easttown. The Mayor of Easttown? I've never heard of that. It's a show that stars Kate Winslet, who was uh, Rose in Titanic. You told me you've seen Titanic, right? I've seen parts of it, yeah. Yeah, With Rose her. in Titanic plays uh, a woman in the show Mayor of Easttown, the main character, who is like obsessed with Wawa and goes there to get her coffee. Oh. And she, in fact, Kate Winslet, who is a British actress who does not have Wawa native in her homeland of the United Kingdom, became obsessed with Wawa herself when she was here shooting for the show. I bet the second she visits here, she goes white to Wawa. Oh, of course. And on the show, she got very adept at performing the Mid-Atlantic dialect. And there are many interesting intricacies of the accent itself. Uh, a lot of these are related to vowel enunciations that give distinctions to different word pairs, like a cot, like you might sleep on if you were in a tent, and the word caught, like I caught you stealing some peach iced tea from the Wawa. Caught and caught are pronounced differently in this dialect, where in some others they might be pronounced the same. Or, and this is one that I like, Gap, like 
you know, like a gap in a bridge, for example, or the store, the gap is pronounced differently than the word gas, like the gas that you put in your car. Or if you're really deep in the Philadelphia accent, you might say it like gayus. Gayus. Put some gayus in the car. Yeah. My favorite is how people from that region say the word home. Home. Your mom and your Aunt Laura fall into this quite heavily. They say the word home. 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 Like, I'm going home. Oh, I've heard her say that before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you've definitely heard her say that hem. before. Come on, let's go home. <laughs> See, now, I don't. you don't have the accent because you've never lived down there. Yeah. And I lived down there for a long time. See, I just did it. I just did it right now. I said down air. I lived down air for a long time. I didn't hear it. <laughs> See, I don't have it much anymore, especially since I haven't been living in that region for, I don't know, 20 years now. But here's another good uh, another good one. There are three words that many people pronounce exactly the same. They are Mary, like a woman whose name is Mary. Mary, like let's get married at the church. And Mary, like Merry Christmas. So mm-hmm. if you are from that region, you can pronounce all three of those words distinctly and differently. I say them all the same. You say them all the same? Mary, Mary, Mary? Except for like Mary. <laughs> ah, which one? Stop. <laughs> Yes, I say them all the same. Here's another good one that you did when you were little. The word <laughs> street. Street. Sh- you and your mother both say street. Like there's an SH at the beginning of it. Street. I don't say street Well, not anymore, anymore. But you did. Do you want to tell everybody why you said the word street? Well, it was because I couldn't pronounce T. And where do we have video of you saying that word? What were you doing? Singing the song from The Little Mermaid. Ah, that's right. Walk across the street. Here's a good one from when I was waiting tables. There was a girl that had a very, very thick Philadelphia accent, and she typed into the computer where we would put the food orders in that one of her customers, one of her guests, didn't want any raw onion on their hamburger, and she typed it in the way that she said it. I don't know if she didn't know how to spell the word raw or if she just had never seen it in print before, but she would say, no raw onion, and she typed it in, I'll never forget this, R-A-L-L, no raw onion. Oh. Yeah. Here's another interesting note, something somewhat related to the top of the show, where we kind of kind of fell into that Philadelphia accent. The word yo, like as an interjection to get someone's attention, originated in Philadelphia Italian-American communities in the 1940s, according to sociolinguists. Chase says that. That's now. right. Yo. Chase says yo all the time. A lot of a lot of people around the world say yo. It is a very popular interjection. Yo. Apparently, yo is a Philly thing, like yo MTV raps. Yep. Philadelphia. Philly fanatic. Yo, yo, yo. So the cold open from the top of the show is like my favorite usage of the Philadelphia accent, the mid-Atlantic regional dialect. That was a quick aside that happens at the beginning of a recording of a song called Disengage the Simulator by a Philadelphia band called CKY, where a local radio DJ was asking the band if they were going to be playing at the local Warp Tour that year. I think I may have been at the Warp Tour that year. I've, I had gone a couple times when we lived down there. It's like a big uh, punk rock and uh, pop punk and emo music festival. Well, I guess I didn't, I don't know if anybody actually called it emo music then but it was kind of that thing were you an emo boy dad i definitely was not an emo boy and i wasn't even really a punk kid either but i did like a lot of that music i saw a band there that i really like to this day called ozo motley they played out of the side of a school bus that had been converted into a stage i think we saw some 41 one year afi was there man there were a lot of really good bands that played uh 
that played the Warped Tour. I think I saw the Deftones there one year, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, that was a big part of like local Philadelphia culture when I was in high school in parts of college. And uh, Wawa itself is still a big part of Pennsylvania culture, especially in the Philadelphia area. But listen, it's growing quite a bit. It is. It is. It's growing not only in uh, prominence, but in revenues as well. It's the main sponsor for the Welcome America Festival, which you've probably seen on TV. It's the annual 4th of July celebration in Philadelphia, which is America's first capital. There are concerts and parades and all sorts of fun things to do. It culminates in a big fireworks show. Wawa itself, also, Liz, you'll enjoy this, has some surprisingly good merchandise. Really? Yeah, if you go on the Wawa website, you can see some really cool t-shirts that they have and cups and mugs and hats and they had a plush uh, toy of the goose mascot, that Canada Dirty Canadian Goose. Dirty Canadian Geese. Dirty Canadian Geese, that's right, if there's more than one of them. Because it was just the holiday seasonless, I just watched the movie Die Hard. And in Die Hard, John McClane channels W.C. Fields when he says, all things being equal, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. The gooses. There are no gooses. There are no geeses. <laughs> the gooses. The geeses. The gooses and geeses. Did W.C. Fields say anything about the gooses and geeses? I was sitting in class a while ago when it was like the big snowstorm thing. Uh-huh. And I was sitting in class looking outside. And I said, oh, no, the geeses look frozen. And then Emily looked at me and she goes, did you just say the geeses are frozen? Because I was thinking... Of like when I used to say geeses when I was little. Well, now you can say dirty Canadian geeses. And it was really funny. One of them wasn't moving though. Maybe it was frozen. Maybe. The poor geeses. Poor dirty Canadian geeses. Hey, speaking of frozen, uh, we went into Philadelphia a few weeks ago during the Christmas season to do some of the Christmas festivities that they have there in the oh, city. yeah. That it's was my, fun. That is like my number one thing that I love to do every Christmas season ever since I was a child, to go into Philadelphia to see the Wanamaker Light Show, walk through the Dickens Village that's there at the Macy's store, visit Santa Claus. You get a little pin that says, I visited Santa Land, and it has the year on it. We've got like a a whole wall of those pins. We're going to do, I think, next year, or maybe the year after that in the holiday season, an entire show on just doing holiday things in Philadelphia. We'll go back to the Reading Terminal Market. We'll get some Termini Brothers cannolis, roast pork Italian from Denix, some really good stuff there. That big place was really, like, there's a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to go to Byler's Donuts, I think, Liz, and get some Amish donuts the next time we're there to talk about on the show. There was a huge, like, vending stand, and they had so many snacks. So many snacks in the Reading Terminal Market, for sure. Yeah. And you know what, Liz? Just down the street from the Reading Terminal Market is the Philadelphia flagship store of Wawa. Wawa. Wawa is expanding. Like we said, they have more than 850 stores now. They're building more every year. Each one costs about $6 million to open. Wow. Yeah. In fact, Lisa, there is a new Wawa that was just built on the site of the former Connie Max pub in Pensacola, where some of my friends worked after high school. That place had some pretty good wings, if you can believe it. Really? Yeah. The secret in the wing sauce was a splash of orange juice, Liz. Orange juice. Orange juice in the wing sauce for a little bit of acidity and sugar. Yeah. Wow. It was a nice touch. I do that sometimes when I make wing sauce now. Well, it's good. Some of the Wawa stores are themed, which I which I really enjoy because I like themed entertainment. You called me earlier a Disney millennial, which is just a nice way to say that I like themed things. Yeah. In Wildwood, New Jersey, down the shore, there is a 1950s retro-themed Wawa. Isn't ours like somewhat themed? Uh, you mean the one down the hill that has the gas station? 
Uh-huh. Well, if it's themed to anything, it's themed to a Wawa gas station because it looks just like all the other ones that I've seen. Well, it's like they like do a lot of decorations and like put stickers on the door. That's true. They do have a lot of pride in their store down there, which is really nice to see. The gas yeah. station attendants there are always super nice and helpful. Yeah. It's a good place to be. It's fun. Yeah. The other There's another fun one in Cape Maylis, which is a Victorian-themed uh, Wawa store there to sort of match the local old school Victorian architecture of the homes in Cape May County. Wow. Yeah. Like we said, they're expanding. We've been to a Wawa in Florida. The furthest flung Wawas that there are, are down there. The first Wawa in Florida was opened in 2012 in, speaking of themed entertainment, Orlando, Florida, where Disney World is. Orlando. There are a lot of East Coast transplants to Florida, obviously. The like unofficial New Jersey dream is to retire and move to Florida, which is what a lot of folks from here do. I think in Universal, Universal, Universal. Universal. Universal Street. In Universal, they should have like an entire like area based off of New Jersey, like Philadelphia area. Did you know that, Alyssa, in Florida, there is a New Jersey weekend at the theme parks? Really? So you know that one weekend out of the year, usually in the fall, when you guys get a couple of days off at the end of a week when there's a teacher's conference? Uh Uh-huh. Well, so many people in New Jersey, because of the New Jersey Educators Association, take advantage of those extra days off in that very long weekend to go to Florida to go to the theme parks that it's unofficially called by the theme park people New Jersey Weekend. But, like, they should have, like, an area completely based off of New Jersey and, like, have... Oh, like a New Jersey land? Mm Mm-hmm. And have like Wawa and have like, what What was the other thing? Well, this, there's already a boardwalk at Disney World. Like Krispy Kreme? Krispy Kreme? That's not from New Jersey. Rita's? Rita's, I don't believe is from New Jersey, but I'm not sure. That's just like what reminds me of it. Sure, like donuts and Wawa's and water ice, right? And boardwalks. And if you were from Philadelphia, you would say water ice. Water ice. Water ice. Yeah. You know, sometimes your cousin Jackson says that to uh, make his parents angry. Yeah, it's really funny. Shout out to Jack and Julian. Yes. So, Liz, we were talking about the Florida Wawa stores. The first one, like we said, opened in 2012 in Orlando. They have plans to open 200 Wawa stores in Florida by the end of this year. And in 2022, Wawa itself announced plans to open new stores in, get this, North Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, Kentucky, Indiana, and Ohio. So they were expanding across the country, slowly but surely, westerly. They need a Wawa in um, Hawaii. Oh, a Hawaiian Wawa. Hawaii. So what would be the theme there? I guess like on the, we're going to talk about this in a moment, but on the sizzly breakfast sandwiches, instead of having pork roll or Taylor ham for you nerds, they would have uh, spam egg and cheese sandwiches. You just called Mr. Grant a nerd. He's going to be mad at you. Shout out to Mr. Grant. Who likes Taylor ham over bacon you know what i in in a lot of cases i like pork roll over bacon too and by the way it says on the package taylor pork roll not taylor ham so we can put that to ham and pork roll is different it's not they're the same thing it's just one group of people calls it the wrong name well i think it's called pork roll yeah and uh if you were going to ask customers of wawa and customers of another competing chain what they thought it was called i think most of them would call it pork roll that other competing chain Alyssa. Another Pennsylvania convenience store with a similar business model and a friendly rivalry with Wawa is called Sheets. Sheets. Have you ever been in a Sheets, Alyssa? No. 
Well, it's unlikely that you've seen one. They don't compete directly except for a few very far-flung parts of eastern Pennsylvania and uh, northern Virginia where there are both types of stores, Wawa and Sheets, but mostly they respect the territorial integrity of the different areas that the stores operate in. Some people swear by one or the other. I, Alyssa, have been to both, a Sheets and a Wawa. Well, I've been to one. Yeah, I think that... uh, Sheets has more things, like they have more inventory, more stuff in the store. I think Wawa has a better deli. You know what had a lot of stuff? What's that? That gas station that was like a Dunkin' Donuts down by my basketball game. Oh yeah, that was like, um, well that was a gas station that had a Dunkin' Donuts inside of the convenience store at the gas station. So they had a lot of like automotive parts. I think I bought jumper cables there once. Yeah, we also bought really good bagel bites from Dunkin'. That's right. You know what they did not have in that store? What? They didn't have a deep fryer, and Wawa doesn't have a deep fryer either, but Sheets does have a fryer, and they make French fries, which a lot of people seem to like quite a bit. Sheets French fries. You know what's good? What's Wawa's, Wawa's smoothies. Oh, yeah, sure. Wawa smoothies are good. Wawa also has, and was one of the first stores, at least in this region, to have it, a make-your-own-milkshake machine. Ooh. Yeah, for just a couple bucks, you can put the little pre-made uh, cups of milkshake on the spinner and it'll whip it up into a frozen treat for you. Those are pretty good too. So Wawa itself is a little bit bigger as an enterprise, as a business than Sheets is. Uh, it's the biggest private company in Pennsylvania, one of the top 25 private companies in the entire United States with about $15 billion in revenue. Uh, Sheets is gaining fast though. It jumped up from 67th to 37th after doubling its revenue just last year. So I think, Alyssa, we're going to have to do a Sheets show at some point in the future. Where is Sheets again? I think the closest one is out by Hershey, which in fact was where I went to that store. Sometimes I pass by uh, a Sheets store if I'm driving through Northern Virginia as well. There might be one out on 78, so not too far away. That's kind of far. Anyway, if you have some strong opinions about things we should eat at Sheets, let us know on Twitter at JunkFeudPod. Liz, Business Insider, the uh, business magazine and website, visited a Wawa store in 2018 because they had just heard about it and they wanted to know what all the hype was about. Here are the things that they said. The stores were clean and bright, which is good. The food was fresh, also good. There was lots of coffee. I'm indifferent to that. The milkshake machine, they said, was kind of novel. We already touched on that. They said the ordering kiosks were easy to use and the prices were reasonable. I think everybody would agree with that. It's nice to go into the store, type into the machine what you want, and have the folks at the deli make it for you. They also said that the iced teas were good, Liz, which bodes well for us today. Yeah. Here's some other things that Wawa has that helps them sort of stand out from the crowd. They have free ATMs, which means you don't pay an extra surcharge for the using the cash machines at the stores. That's part of a partnership with one of the local banks. They have big lottery ticket machines. They've got big lottery ticket machines now as well. They do a thing every year called Hoagie Fest, Lissa. Hoagie Fest. The official sandwich of Philadelphia, as proclaimed by Mayor Ed Rendell in 1992, is not the cheesesteak, it is the hoagie. Food and Wine Magazine once said, that a Wawa hoagie was heaven for just a few bucks. I think that's a pretty glowing endorsement. I beg to differ. You beg to differ? You don't like the Wawa hoagies? I know that you do like them. You get them all the time. No, I don't. Really? Mom gets them, but I don't have them. I'd rather Jersey Mike. Wow, that's a stunning development. We're going to have to address that probably next year on the show. Yeah, sorry. But... Uh, here's someone that does like Wawa hoagies. Tina Fey, Alyssa, a Philly girl. She once held up a bucket full of Wawa hoagies on an episode of Saturday Night Live. Saturday night. Live. A 10-inch classic hoagie from Wawa was $3.79 when they debuted. That's like, they're actually not that much more now. They sell about 80 million hoagies per year. They used to use 
Amoroso rolls, famous rolls from a bakery in Philadelphia. Now they get some rolls that are par-baked and they finish baking them at the store. It means they're a little bit fresher. It helps them with some food costs, but I don't think they're as good as the Amoroso rolls, and I'm pretty sure that uh, everybody else agrees with me there, or at least most other people. Maybe. So in summation, I think, at least for Wawa Hoagies, they're not the best. Like you said, you prefer Jersey Mike's. I think that Primo's are better, but they're consistent, they're good, and they're cheap. I think Primo's is good too. Yeah. Speaking of consistent, good, and cheap, Wawa is also famous for ready-to-grab hot foods that they have on warmers that are just by the cash registers, including one called the Sizzly Sandwich, which is introduced in 1996. This is their hot breakfast sandwich. It was sort of capitalizing on the popularity of diner-style fare, like a in this case, Taylor pork roll, egg no, and cheese. No, pork roll, not Taylor ham. Yeah, that's right. Pork roll, egg and cheese, or bacon, egg and cheese, or something like that. They have hash browns. They have stuffed pretzels. Again, Not the finest cuisine in the world, but it is available. Here's another thing that's available on a limited basis from Wawa every year around Thanksgiving, the gobbler sandwich list. Have you ever had one of these? No. What do you think a gobbler sandwich is, just based on the name? Well, probably something to do with turkey, because like turkey has a gobbler. That's right. It's a signature item that you can get uh, around Thanksgiving at Wawa. They advertise it as a Thanksgiving meal on a roll. It's roasted turkey, gravy, stuffing, and cranberry sauce all on a hoagie roll. That sounds so good. It does, doesn't it? You can also get it with either mashed potatoes or sweet potatoes on it, or just in a bowl if you like it that way. Oh, Here's a pro tip, though. There are two versions of the gobbler. There's the hot gobbler, and then there's also the cold one. Do not get the cold one. It just uses turkey lunch meat instead of the sliced roasted turkey, and it is not very good. Oh. There is, Alyssa, a group of friends in a place called Columbus in New Jersey that since 2005 has been doing their own Friendsgiving at Wawa on Thanksgiving morning. They all go there, they get dressed up, they have gobblers, and they have a good time. They sit out in the parking lot, they bring their own tables and chairs with them. It's pretty interesting. I want to do that. (laughs) One year, they brought a turkey with them. They wrapped it up in like a dog harness, but it escaped, and they all spent the morning chasing the turkey around the parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, now they just bring a dog. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Did you know, Alyssa, that Wawa has a secret menu? They do? They do. If you're ordering from one of the kiosks, there's a little animated bird logo in the corner. And if you hold your finger on that logo for a while, you will get access to whatever secret limited menu items they have available. Can we go try that? Well, not right now, but maybe another day, pretty soon probably, in the summer. now. Oh, right now you want to leave the show and go to Wawa to go uh, check out the secret menu? Yeah. Well, if it was the summertime, we might have had access to rainbow bagels or rainbow lemonades, which they had. Oh. Yeah, amazing. They had a special milkshake for St. Patrick's Day, uh, one for Halloween. Sometimes you can get secret menu items that will allow you to put Swedish fish candy in some drinks that you can get. Hmm. And also, if you're a crazy person, you can get a jalapeno pink lemonade. Ew. Yeah, it sounds gross, right? That sounds absolutely gross. Here's some other- I want to try it. Let's hear some other weird stuff that they had at Wawa. Uh, From the years 1994 to 1996, when they were trying to branch out in terms of business developments, you could get Taco Bell burritos and Pizza Hut personal pan pizzas at Wawa's. At Wawa? Yeah. Oh. That would be like an interesting late night snack if you were down the shore. And part of the popularity of Wawa, indeed, is its presence at the Jersey Shore. There is always a Wawa in a Jersey Shore town. It's always open when you go on vacation and you know that if you need something at the shore house that you're renting, you can go and get it there. Like whenever we used to stay at the Tahiti Inn, which, Dad, did you hear they closed down? Yeah, your mom told me they sold the inn and are going to sell it, uh, or it's going to be developed probably into condominiums, if I had to guess. So sad. So sad. When we used to stay there, um, whenever we needed something, 
Poppy would always drive us to Wawa. Of course. That's the thing about Wawa. It's always there when you need it. And uh, especially if you lived in one of the New Jersey shore towns that are mostly summer resort communities, all of those towns, everything in them pretty much closes for the winter. But you can be sure that the Wawa will be open in the off season if you need somewhere to go. Yeah. And if you're just at the beach for a day, you can get some Wawa sandwiches. The hoagies store well in a cooler for the beach. They're perfect for after you have a, a surfing session, for example. The icy machine that they have is always welcome when it's hot out. There's ice, of course. And then there are the iced teas, Alyssa. Yeah. Here was my introduction to Wawa iced teas. One summer, your Uncle Matt and I and our friend Kevin worked for, if you can believe this, your Uncle Gordon. Really? Yeah. Uncle Gordon worked for a cleaning company. The cleaning company won a bid for a contract to clean up a local Catholic high school that had never been deep cleaned once in its like 100 year history. Ew. So for one summer, me and Uncle Matt and our friend Kevin were janitors at a local high school. Oh, that sounds gross. It was absolutely disgusting. It was hot. There was no air conditioning. Uh, The nuns that ran the place would always come and yell at us. One of them- Was it funny? Well, one time it was particularly funny because we left a Wawa peach iced tea- on a step in a stairwell and the nun grabbed it and came out and was shaking at us shaking it at us and said who left this drinky poo on the steps (laughs) wait like this yeah exactly like that it was uh the entire thing was disgusting we would we had to turn over every desk and we had this medical freezing spray and we would have to spray the freezing spray on all of the chewed gum that was on the bottom of the desks and then chip it off with paint scrapers. We had an eight foot pile of gum in one of the classrooms. It was disgusting. It was truly uh, one of the worst jobs I ever had in my entire life. But you've had a lot of jobs. though. I've done a lot of things. Every single day we would go to Wawa for lunch and I would get a turkey and cheese hoagie, a bag of some kind of chips, usually Cool Ranch Doritos, a pack of Tasty Cakes. What are those? Tasty cakes? Yeah. Ooh, well, well, you'll find out next week on Junk Feud. Oh. But for this week, I would get a half gallon of peach iced tea that costs $1.29. And that meal that we would have like every day would almost make that crappy job worth it. Wow. It's funny. Our friend Kevin that was there would call the peach iced tea peachity tea skitties. Peachity tea skitties. Yeah, that's fun to say, isn't it? Peachity tea skitties. The peach iced tea is a Wawa branded snack. There is a rumor on Reddit that it's manufactured by a competitor, Turkey Hill, which is like another kind of convenience store in Pennsylvania that makes teas and ice creams and other snacks. There is also this, and we're going to try this out because I haven't had one of these in a long time. There were rumors of a recipe change to the peach iced tea within the last year. Can you believe that? Really? Yeah, it was allegedly to remove any artificial flavorings. And also within the last year, this will not appeal directly to you, Alyssa, because you're underage, but there was a hard peach iced tea. A hard peach iced tea? Is yeah. it like chunky? <laughs> <laughs> no, not like hard, like hard ice cream. Like hard, like it contained alcohol. Oh. Yeah. Wawa and the Cape May Brewing Company, a local brewery from Cape May, New Jersey, that has a cult following and started in about 2011, announced a collaboration to bring a product to the market called Shorty. Did you have it? I did not have any of this because I did not know that it existed. But the name Shorty was a play on the uh, the name of the six-inch Wawa Hoagie, which is called a Shorty, and also the Jersey Shore. Oh. Yeah, it was an alcoholic version of the peach iced tea. The can had a nice picturesque scene that uh, 
I think a lot of people from South Jersey and Philadelphia would think would be the perfect day at the Jersey Shore. There was the ocean and the beach and a peach and some tea leaves and a lighthouse. And just across the way from the lighthouse was a Wawa-less. So Kate May and Wawa had a release party on July 23rd of last year. Lines were long-less, like around the block long. Wow. Uh, the reviews for the hard peach iced tea, the shore tea, were pretty good, but the brewery said that it was a one-time limited release, which means that uh, if you can't get any of this, if you didn't get any of this, it's probably gone, and people are going to have to go back to doing what they normally did with Wawa iced tea lists, which is uh, get on a train to a Phillies game, drink half of it, dump in a handle of vodka, and then pretend vodka. that... <laughs> vodka. Vodka. Oh, really? I heard that from Hadley. You heard, oh, shout out to Hadley. It was really funny. I do remember her saying that. That was pretty funny. That was Vodka. my, that was like my favorite part of that party that we went to. Vodka. And you know what, Liz? What? It's now time for my favorite part of the show. Alyssa reads the ingredients. Well, this is a short one. This I'm is happy. an easy one. There's not much to Wawa Peach Ice Tea. Go ahead. Let's see. Filtered hear water, sugar, tea, citric acid, natural flavor, potassium sorbate, preservative. That's it. It's just uh, water, Six ingredients. water, sugar, tea, and some flavorings and a preservative. Yeah. That's it, which is nice. It's nice to have like not a list a page and a half long of junk that you're putting into your body. Yeah. Like, so speaking of putting this stuff into our body, let's get to the rules of the game, Alyssa. Junk Feud is a culinary clash to see which tree will be crowned the undisputed champion of snacks. It's a king of the mountain style battle in which the reigning champ takes on a new challenger each week to see which snack reigns supreme. And in fact, our reigning defending undisputed champion of snacks is still banana cream pie. Banana cream pie. Banana cream pie was successful in its first title defense against beef jerky and it feels a bit unfair, Honestly, Alyssa. Yeah. Beef jerky is such a great snack. It's so versatile, so delicious, and the deck was just stacked against it with banana cream pie. Yeah. I mean, we tried the most common, like most middle of the road variety of beef jerky there was in Jack Link's, which is fine, but even that and the old trappers that we said was better doesn't really capture how good beef jerky can really be. Yeah. And then, of course, we put it up against banana cream pie, which is not just my favorite snack, but also my favorite food in the world. It never had a chance. Yeah. But today, we have a chance in our newest challenger, Wawa Peach Iced Tea, one of the signature house brand treats from the Pennsylvania convenience store. Yeah. There are no additional challengers, which means it's it's crunch crunch time. time. We rate our snacks using a tier list from sprinkles to fun dip. Sprinkles to fun dip. So snacks can be graded A, B, C, D, or F with the very best treats earning the elusive S tier ranking. The following contest is scheduled for one serving. One serving. And is for the undisputed championship of junk food. Yeah. Listen, I'm excited about this because you've never had a Wawa peach iced tea before. No, but I'm excited. Here it is, your very first peachity tea skitty. I like this. It's easy to open. Yep. Easy to open. We did not get the half gallons. You know what? I didn't check to see what the price was, but I mean, I don't think they've been a dollar twenty nine for a half gallon for probably like twenty years. I would say it's probably like two forty nine now if I had to guess for a half gallon. It smells like a slime I have. It smells like a slime you have. Okay, so just looking at it, it looks like iced tea. It's dark brown. It smells good though. It does smell good. It smells really good. It smells like It's interesting to note that it no longer has artificial flavoring in it, which it used to. It now has only natural flavors, but it still smells like the peach gummy candies. Smells really good, though. There's a very strong peach smell that I'm getting from this. And obviously, it's a drink. There's no sound unless it, like, wish wash. Yeah. Oh, wish wash, huh? All right. So let's... Well, you made it make a sound anyway. (laughs) Mmm. 
I like this tea. Wow, that is good. It's still good. It's as good as I remember it. I will say, I can confirm some of the rumors that I read online, which was that the peach iced tea tastes almost a little bit like the raspberry iced tea now, like the flavor is a little bit deeper than it used to be. It is very, very sweet, super sugary. Yeah, in this one pint, this 16 ounce- 42 added sugars. Yeah, 42 grams of added sugar in this, which is almost- total of 44 grams. That's 84% of your daily allowance of added sugars, which is which is a lot. It's very sweet, very sugary. I'm gonna like. In fact, Liz, I'm I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the ingredients list now. On the ingredients list that I pulled from the Wawa website, it said filtered water and sugar. This says filtered water and cane sugar. So I don't think there's really a difference there, but it's interesting to note that they have it labeled somewhat differently. It's good, but I have basketball after this, so I don't want to get wiped. Yeah, you're not going to like chug an entire iced tea, but this is... Really good. It's good. It's refreshing. These were like... This was the nectar of the gods when we were in that hot high school when we were on that cleaning job. Yeah. If you're like at the beach and it's hot out and you grab a peach iced tea from your cooler that you brought with you, this is wonderful. And for those people that are inclined, it does make a good mixer. It does. I'm impressed. I am continually impressed by the Wawa peach iced tea. It's really good. Yeah, it's got that signature mouth puckering sweetness and sort of tang that a that a real peach has. It's got a little bit of bitterness from the tea. Oh, I think this is like a different version because it says made with pure cane sugar on the front of it. Yeah, so I guess that's another one of those subtle changes that they've made to the mixture. Maybe maybe sugar. some people like regular sugar. Maybe some people like cane sugar. Maybe Keep we refrigerated, just... shake well, serve cold. Yeah. Oh, I did not shake it. Was I supposed to? I think it's okay. I, I, we got to try I shake didn't, I didn't notice any sediment or anything like that. Mm, so much better shaking up. Really? No. No. <laughs> so let's hit the bliss point. Liz, what do you think? What are your final thoughts on Wawa Peach Iced Tea on the Peachity Tea Skitties? Maybe an A. Maybe an A. Wow really good it is really good i would say yeah you know what it tastes though after i drink it it leaves like a little like soapy taste in my mouth feel like a soapy taste huh like a film like an like it's coating your mouth or like an aftertaste like a film Hmm. like you know those little beads and they're like toxic and then i well when i was little i accidentally like bit it it's like tastes like soap that's what it's like leaving in my mouth a little bit. Uh, when did you bite into a toxic bead and why didn't I know about this? I was like four years old and I didn't want to tell anyone because I was scared that I would die. So. All right. Well, lesson learned there. That's not the right way to go about that. I do recall one time you ate an entire tube of foot cream that you found in a drawer <laughs> and we had to call poison control. That was fun. That seemed fun. So Liz, you said an A. I'd say, yeah, this is, this is like... Uh, I think a Wawa peach iced tea is like an A, sure. Now, here's the real question. How does it stack up against banana cream pie Hmm. Oh, wait, this is really hard. <laughs> um. Well, I can tell you for me it's not that hard, but go ahead. Um. I think I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, I mean, there's there's really no chance at all that, an ice, that a peach iced tea was going to be banana cream pie. But Wawa peach iced tea is really, really good. I would say file this for later. We'll keep it in mind. It's always going to be a go-to anytime we're at that store. That's so good. Yeah, it's really good. And you know what else is good, Liz? This show. This show, that's right. And our winner, 
and still reigning defending undisputed champion of junk food, Banana Cream Pie, successful in its second title defense in the month of January. Congratulations to Banana Cream Pie. Dad. Yeah. Will it deep fry? Will iced tea deep fry? Yeah. Mm, you know what? I don't know about that, Liz. Yeah. Or do I? <laughs> there are there are actually a couple of different ways that you can deep fry iced tea. Uh, in the South, there is a thing called sweet tea brined fried chicken, which is like where you soak fried chicken in iced tea before you fry it. Oh. That kind of counts. It's pretty good. I've had it before. Uh, and naturally, of course, at the State Fair of Texas, you can get just straight up deep fried sweet tea. And it's actually kind of genius how they do it. They make the tea itself into like a thick custard and then the custard gets coated with crushed uh, graham crackers and then deep fried almost like it's a fried ice cream. So it's like mm. a, a tea custard that's coated with graham crackers and fried. That's pretty Seems good. good. Yeah. Uh, that's a little bit more involved than just like mixing a flavor into a funnel cake batter like we've seen. I kind of like that. Yeah. And then uh, Southern Living Magazine showed exactly how they do it on a video on YouTube. This, In this case, they made a sweet tea concentrate by boiling down sweet tea until it was like super thick like a syrup. And then they mixed it into a beignet dough, which again was pretty clever. They made it like a fried donut sort of. Yeah. Yeah. So nice work all around. Speaking of nice work, Liz. The back of the box. Yeah, it's time for us to do some good work. Let's check out the back of the box, a weekly segment where we play a little game. Alyssa, would you yes. like to play a game? Yes. <laughs> Just straight up yes? Yeah. I always play the game. If this, I said no, there would be no show. That's true. The segment would be over and we'd say, so long, folks. So long. Uh, this week's segment is Around the World in 80 Bites. I really like this one. It's so much Me fun. Too. On I, Around I the World. This is so much fun. But we're sort of, we're slowly running out of snacks. We are working our way through all of the snacks that we've acquired. So if you want to send us more, by all means, send us more. On Around the World in 80 Bites, we try snacks from across the globe. I said it right that time. We still, listen, even though we're working our way through this, we still have so many snacks. Yeah. And in a couple of weeks, I'm going back to the UK, so I'll pick up some new stuff for us. Oh my goodness, get more of the walkers. <laughs> well, in fact, Alyssa, today- I need like 800 million more bags of those. Today, we have some crisps for you to try. Some English crisps. Yes. Uh, you and Dean ate the walkers roast chicken crisps they a few weeks ago. They were, were good. so good. I you, would I would let those be- Those are one of my favorite snacks, actually. Those are so good. You know, you also ate, Dean ate most of these, shout out to Dean. You also ate an entire bag of uh, mega rings that were roast beef flavored. You said those weren't I, as good, right? Uh, yeah, I did not like those. Okay, well, you're in luck because today we have something very similar. We have, Alyssa, Walker's Monster Munch roast beef flavored. Oh. These are like, Monster Munch, if you've never seen it, is like Cheetos paws, you know, like the Chester Cheetah paws that are in the shape of a cheetah paw and they have a cheese dusting on them. Yeah. Monster Munch is like a monster claw. This is a roast beef flavored baked corn snack. So let's try some of these Walker's roast beef flavored Monster Munch. I'm opening them up. These are enormous, first of all. These like, are like bigger than, they're all, they're almost about two inches. Yeah, in one, of these, one of these puffs is like the size of a golf ball. <laughs> they're huge. They don't smell very good, first of all. so They smell like feet. <laughs> well, they look like feet as well. They smell like actual like socks. Ew. Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of odorific. I would say. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> I don't think they I don't think they're gonna taste very bad. My recollection of the last roast beef flavored snack we had was that it just tasted like a powdered soup mix that was dumped on top. So let's try yeah. one of these out. I think they're gonna have good crunch. Oh, good crunch. Mmm, they're good. Yeah, so not bad. Very savory. Good umami hit in there. Very salty. 
yeah, definitely super salty. The MSG really comes through. You can you can definitely taste it in here with the onion powder and the garlic powder. The, They're really um, good. If it, they didn't smell bad, I would give these a really good rating. Yeah, the I'll say the um, the texture is a bit off putting. These are giant airy corn puffs, and they sort of like they give you like if you bit into a funyun. Yeah, these are like differently shaped funyuns with a with, with a fair amount of that funyun flavor to them, except a little bit beefier from the roast beef powder that's on them. Not like, bad though. They have the little crunchy bits in there. Yeah, those are okay. What do you think? Like B minus? I'm going back to the peach iced tea here to cleanse the palate. Maybe like a B minus, B plus. I mean, right in the middle of those is a B. Oh, then a B. There you go. We also have our second snack here today in the last one. This is the grab bag, a small packet of crisps, of Royster's Bubble Chips T-Bone Steak Flavored. Oh. This could be interesting. So bubble chips look like, they look like small rice cakes, actually. They are flavored bubbled potato chips. So they look like potato chips that were maybe fried in a way such that they are bubbly in texture. Wait, let me see like them. Like sort of puffy. See them? Oh. Here's yeah. one. They look like the, what's it called? They look kind of like pita chips, actually. Yeah. Like a non-style, like a pita chip, like a flatbread. They don't, they again, don't smell very good. Wow, that is a strange flavor. It's not bad. It's very salty. Right off the bat, it's like a big punch of flavor. Wait, let me try another one. I am picking up a little bit of what could potentially be called steak flavor. Oh my goodness. A lot of MSG in this one too. Fair amount of sugar. The bubble chip texture doesn't do a lot for me. It kind of reminds me of the, uh, you're too young to remember this, but there were Keebler tato skins snacks, which were supposed to sort of emulate the experience of eating a potato skin. I think TGI Fridays has branded potato skin chips now, what would be called crisps here in this employment. I don't know. They're not, they're not bad. I don't think if you gave me this Without telling me that it was T-bone steak flavor, I would be able to pick up on that. It just tastes like generally salty and a little bit meaty. For smell, I would definitely choose the bubbled ones, but Hmm. for taste, I would choose these ones. Yeah, I think the Royster's Bubble Chip T-bone steak flavor are a C for me. They're like solidly middle of the road. Good salt, a little bit of flavor, umami punch from the MSG, but yeah, I think I like the Monster Munch roast beef better. Neither of them is a roast chicken crisp, though. None of them will ever beat the Walker's. No, I don't think so. Nothing beats walkers and uh, nothing beats you, our listeners. So this podcast should reach you in excellent condition, satisfaction guaranteed, or your money back as you crunch away into the microphone. If you've got a question for us, you can write to the address on the label. That's junkfoodpod at gmail.com. Hey, Liz. Yeah. We have started cross-posting all of our old shows to YouTube. So if that's a way that you like to consume content, I hate saying that. If you'd rather check out the show there, you can. Uh, yeah. You can subscribe to us at youtube.com slash at junkfoodpod. That's us. Yep. Yeah, I think we're going to, uh, in this new year, Alyssa, our social media coordinator, is going to be posting more things to Instagram. Yeah, yes. that's going to be one of my... Um, Resolutions. Resolutions, yeah. Yeah. You're nodding up and down, yes. You're saying, yes, I will do the, I will do my job, yes. Yes, I will do my job, 100%. This is radio. They can't see you giggling and shaking your head, no. Exactly, which is why I need to Well, listen, this podcast has contained your recommended daily allowance of fun. Fun! For more, go to Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or wherever you choose to be social. Find us at Junk Feud Pod. You can stream with us on Twitch, watch fun-sized snack reviews on YouTube, buy merch on TeePublic, and fund us on Patreon at Junk Feud Pod for exclusive bites. And don't forget to catch all the snacks in each and every week wherever you listen to podcasts. Until we see you again, for Alyssa, I'm Mike. Ha-sta-lasagna. Don't get any on ya. Bye.